0: Welcome to the Art School Podcast. I'm Ken Goshen. Today's conversation has been eye opening for me and one of the best I had in a long time. I hope you'll find it as fruitful as I did. It's slightly diminished by a technical issue I had with my microphone, so my apologies for that. But the perfect sound and compelling insights of my guest more than make up for it. Today, we discuss the future of painting and specifically the chances of the field's survival in light of the upcoming AI apocalypse. We managed to sketch out a few early signs for hope. Can painting continue guarding the fortress against the robot barbarians at the gate? Stay tuned. And now, introducing my esteemed interlocutor, a man who by now needs no introductions, making a record setting fourth appearance on the Art School podcast, The Mind of a Generation, the great Ilya Geftel. Ilya is back for an exchange of words on this extremely important topic and we are all the better for it. If you enjoy this episode and want us to do more of these, please make sure to follow Ilia on Instagram at iliagefter.art and the rest of his social media pages which I'll list in the show notes. Let him know you enjoyed his appearance on the show and maybe we can lure him back to talk to us some more. And if you want more of me, and specifically me doing this, please consider visiting patreon.com slash and becoming a supporter of the show. The more people join my Patreon, the more I am able to devote time to producing this show and making it available for free. Producing a podcast takes so much work, and at the state of this economy, I just cannot devote the time to anything that doesn't help with the rent. That means whether I get to have more of these interesting conversations on the record is actually up to you. If this podcast is work you value, please consider supporting it financially, because it's the only way to make more of it happen. When we get to 1,000 Patreon supporters, I'll have the resources to make this show bi-weekly, and that would be super cool, but I really need your help to reach that goal. My sincere thanks in advance. And if you want to learn how to paint and draw, which is actually a really fun thing to do as we discuss later in this episode, consider signing up for my online lessons at kengoshen.com slash lessons. For $10 a month, you'll have access to over 100 hours of video lessons and counting ranked by difficulty level to help you navigate your creative journey. And of course, you'll be invited to all my live online lessons where you can paint along and ask any questions you have All that and more can be found at kengoshen.com slash lessons. And once again, to become a supporter of the show, please visit patreon.com slash kengoshen. Thanks to everyone who already signed up. It's listeners like you who make this show possible. And now I bring you my conversation with Ilya Geftel. Ilya, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It's a pleasure to see you. Great to see you, Ken. Uh, it's a real pleasure. I I hope I'll uh, have a few uh, thoughts to contribute today. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely sure you will, because both of us have been paying close attention to the so-called AI revolution and what's been going on in the field of uh, visual arts with the introduction of this new technology. And I'm very excited to get your take on it. Maybe we can start by telling us Maybe even a little bit about what that technology is. What is AI, quote unquote, art? And why should artists be paying attention or why should we care about this stuff?
1: Uh, well, that's that's a few questions that you're asking. Uh, let me start with the simple one. What is AI? I have no idea um I I see like all of us I'm seeing products of uh AI generated art or whether you want to call it art or not let's 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 call it images that's mm-hmm. uh, that would be a safer way to uh phrase things at the moment um so what AI is on uh, a really deep level it's, it's very hard to tell I'm I'm far from being an expert on that stuff um it's also one can also argue whether it's m- Human-made imagery or AI-made imagery. What what percent of the imagery is human? Is human generated is generated by the human mind? What percent of the imagery is generated by the uh, artificial intelligence? It's really hard to tell. Like uh, because okay, like I I, uh, I played around with some of these programs before uh, before our podcast. So yeah, it's really it's really impressive. You can uh, make all this make up all this amazing stuff uh in in seconds and uh you have these impressive images uh how much of it is ai and how much of it is human uh i'm uh the imagery depends on human input. Um, the imagery can be uh, further manipulated uh, by the human hand and human intelligence. Um, and beyond all that, uh, AI is uh, was created by humans in one way or another. So uh, how much of AI-generated stuff is influenced by human um Creativity is very, very hard for me to tell, and I prefer not to even go there. Uh, uh it is uh, really interesting to uh, um, measure the AI products. Uh, in the um, I, I'm speaking not all AI products, we're strictly speaking about visual imagery. Uh, to measure all that against our professional experience as painters and our professional or semi professional experience as gallery goers and museum goers Um, and uh, I think I would uh, have a lot more to say on that front how do these images whatever they are whoever made them how do they relate uh, uh, to um, more conventional uh, uh, creation like painted images Uh, what kind of danger they pose if there is any danger and uh, uh even more uh threatening questions like uh whether AI stuff, whether AI imagery will replace conventional conventional painting altogether. Uh so I guess we can go in that direction rather than asking ourselves what AI
0: is. Because I wish I knew the answer. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh I'm gonna attempt to answer that question which came up more complicated than I wanted it to. I uh Just want to bring the listeners in in case you haven't been following, uh, this trend just to do a quick explanation of what AI art is, at least in the user interface experience. These are softwares where you can input text, uh, descriptive text to essentially tell the image, uh, the image making device. The image making software, what kind of image you would like it to produce. For example, you could say, I would like an image of a mouse on a wheel of cheese on Mars or whatever. And then those programs will produce a slew of images in seconds that uh, match the description that I input to uh, various degrees of accuracy. So we are talking about an emerging technology. That is uh, we're basically seeing almost the first iteration of this kind of uh, of this kind of image making, uh, I guess you could call it system. And it's already fairly impressive. Not all of this stuff looks uh, very good, but, you know, think about the first iteration of a of a cellular phone. Those things looked ridiculous. And 10, 10 years after they looked way better. 10 years after that, they look way better. So I think me and you are, are on a similar page where we can say, okay, the failure of, of, of this technology when failure indeed uh, is exhibited, uh, is, is perhaps something that is just circumstantial because all technologies seem to be getting better. So I think we can, we can assume that this stuff is just going to become more and more impressing. And for that reason, it is more and more pressing for artists to think about what that means for us, because if this technology uh, is only on the upwards, then eventually we're probably going to be able to produce fairly impressive images with it. If that is indeed our goal, uh, do you <laughs> How how is this description? Does that make sense?
1: It's uh, uh, flawless.
0: Um, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, uh, I, I think that the question that follows your description of what AI is can be uh, can be even broader. Uh, what implication uh, do these, these uh, uh, programs have uh, for all of us, not just those of us who paint? Right,
0: right, right, right. But we're going to focus on those of us who paint so sure. at least for the for the purposes of this conversation uh those of us who paint, would you say that this new technology is a threat to us? How do you conceptualize it? What is your thought on that hmm um
1: the honest answer is that I don't know uh but uh but there is a more sophisticated answer that I can uh, offer when um uh when I think about art and I try to kind of uh divine what may happen in the future uh, the best thing I can do is look into the past and uh, knowing some uh, art history I can examine how technologies of the past which were once very very new and revolutionary uh, influenced uh, conventional arts Uh, like uh, we can start with uh, protractors uh, and, and we can end this conversation with cinema, um, uh, but let's say I, I think I think um, photography would be a fair example for our conversation, uh, and it's it's uh, t- for me to uh, to start guessing where AI may lead us. I really think very hard about what photography has done and uh, t- for me it's a fascinating subject uh as some of us know uh many creative individuals of the nineteenth uh, century were really really uh threatened by photography they uh some said that uh photography brings about the death of painting and uh i saw a very <laughs> a very a very fun caricature recently in my Domier book um with the uh, a, um, there was a picture of a photographer uh on a uh, on a hot air balloon making a photograph of paris from above and every single um storefront has um, has uh, a poster of photography services on it uh so so, uh, so 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 that that's really fun so that may maybe that's what are waiting for us we, we will only be sell, selling uh uh software rather than paintings um but anyway uh, as we all know uh painting uh survived big time um and uh, it evolved tremendously and uh, uh, it will evolved due to photography and alongside photography um it has not stayed the same that for sure uh photography did not kill painting but it made sometimes some types of painting either obsolete or far less necessary uh like for example uh neat uh lifelike representations of individuals. Uh by uh, 1840s it was much cheaper to uh commission a uh a photograph rather than to commission a conventional oil painting. Um and uh so so, so a certain kind of painting was uh losing its, de- uh, its demand um among the bourgeoisie or collectors whatever um but uh painting reached new frontiers because it was was pushed out of some of its conventional frontiers like portraiture for example
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh by the way i still do portraiture uh right so, so 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 uh but but even even though even if we do conventional portraiture as painters and we continue to love it and make these uh uh lifelike portraits we can still uh appreciate or uh, create uh, paintings that that were made possible and necessary by photography, like um, paintings that convey uh, reality in a more unpredictable way, uh, ranging from uh, uh, impressionist work all the way to Picasso and Francis Bacon. Uh, we celebrate the texture of painting, which is absent in uh, photography. So in my thinking, photography has done something really, really important. It made some aspects of painting unnecessary or less necessary. And by doing so, it's, it stripped bare something that is really essential and something that is at the core of painting. Which And what is at the core of painting? Precisely that which is absent in photography.
0: Mm. Uh, I'm gonna just I'm I'm just gonna recap, just gonna recap all this all this story, and then perhaps offer some uh, some pushback. Though I agree with you, but I'm just gonna play devil's advocate here. Uh, So what Ilya is telling us in in the story of of uh, art in the 19th century, photography lands on the scene, and suddenly a lot of people who are interested in creating images of themselves and their loved ones no longer have to turn to a crusty old oil painter who will take maybe even a month to produce such a uh such a vision uh when they can turn to a photographer who can do it in a day. Uh, and that created uh, uh basically market forces that shifted artists away from focusing on what Ilya described as neat portraiture uh and towards finding new kinds of art that can uh basically spearhead the new journey that painting uh embarked on wherein painters were focusing on perhaps producing effects uh, and kinds of imagery that cannot be produced by photography. So even what we today uh, refer to as some traditional portrait artists, such as Sargent, Soroya, Zorn, even those guys that today we would look at their paintings and we would call it realistic or something that could be, uh, in some sense, uh, you know, looks like life, those painters also exhibit a very, very uh, sensitive um, confrontation to the photograph by the way that they have focused their work on the calligraphy and the human hand and the application of the brushstroke so that a good portrait by Sargent is not only An image of the sitter. It's also some kind of portrait of the artist in the way that the paint is left on the surface such that it captures the movement of the hand across the two dimensional surface. So there's, there's a loosening of brushstroke, uh, and, and, uh, a new commitment to the texture of paint, to the process of painting. Uh, and that is all for the good. And I think, uh, both of us will agree. And also, you know, we can see a similar. Effect when uh, when the rise of impressionism uh, is uh, ar- arrives on the scene, and then even Fauvism and Expressionism, like we're talking about people like uh, like Monet and people like Van Gogh, and artists that all of us love dearly. And so the story that you told is ve- is a very positive one, where photography essentially um, removes a duty from painters; you no longer have to be responsible for this. Uh, fairly boring task of documenting mm-hmm. reality and instead you can focus on the on the deeper exploration that painting affords us
1: yes yes
0: and and i want to add something
1: and if you if you wish to stay relevant you must focus on something beyond mimesis beyond representation of reality um uh in a, which is neutralized by paint on the contrary you have to you 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 may wish to emphasize the physical um, calligraphic qualities of paint, and in this way, um, a, a portrait by Sargent and a painting by and a portrait by Soutine have more in
0: common than a painting by Sargent and a photograph. That's right. That's right. So so far so good. But I wonder if this story is is perhaps neglecting to capture. The, the market, the way that the market has seen this. For example, if we go to the most, um, I guess, well established galleries or, 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 um, art institutions today, what we see, I would argue, is stuff that is farther away from Sutton and Sargent. And closer to a concession to the photographic vision of the world, where paintings that attempt in some way to respond to visions of reality are not given their due. And on the other hand, we do see a lot of photographic work, we see a lot of video work. So, in some sense, painters like you and I, or painters like you and I love and adore, I wouldn't see us as represented. in these in these uh, artistic institutions, as one might expect, if your uh, if the vision that you sketched out was more subscribed to. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start.
1: Photography, I'm trying to understand your and so let, let, let Tell me if I'm getting it right. You are saying that photography pushed painting uh, into new frontiers, uh, but it has also um,
0: overtaken a big chunk of the art world. Not only that, yes, that's true, but not only that, I also think that photography has pushed paintings into new frontiers, but though painters see it, Collectors and curators don't. For example, if I told a curator, "Yeah, Sargent portrait doesn't look at all like a photograph," they would say, "I don't understand what you're talking about. This looks like a person. It's a person." Mm-hmm. They don't really. It's mm-hmm. it's a kind of subtlety that you and I and painting enthusiasts can appreciate, but can the market mm-hmm. appreciate it? Which I think is going to take us back to the danger of AI. Okay, okay. I I, th- I think that uh, the market of today is a product of uh,
1: way more. Uh way more, a huge number of revolutionary processes beyond the invention of photography. Uh, So a lot more has happened between uh, 1830 and today um, than just the invention of photography. There's uh, conceptual art is not strictly related to photography. Um, Pop art is not strictly related to photography. And one may argue uh, perhaps even photorealistic art or hyperrealistic realistic art is not only related to photography, although it is of course influenced by photography in a huge and fundamental way. Um so so the, the story is always more complicated. Uh why um I I, I I don't know for sure, but maybe, maybe um in early uh 20th century museologist or art critic would see a lot more difference between a sergeant and a photograph than we do today mm-hmm. um uh just because there was less of a uh, less um style less stylistic variety and and uh and and there is one other reason and specifically related to photography as in you um technology Technology and you too. Photography not only pushed painters to discover new thing, new things, new qualities within the different the discipline of painting. It has also induced painters to absorb influence from photography itself, mm. uh, and that that has started from very early on. So, so let let's say if you look at uh, monotypes by Degas. They absorb stylistic qualities from photographs, okay, uh, which is a really, really interesting influence. Uh, so Degas not only used, uh, was not only allowed by photography to explore textures and movements and all the stuff that photography was not able to do at the moment, uh, but he also stole visual ideas from black and white photographs in a big way. Produced his works. Photography was black and white or sepia, uh, right? So, uh, so that that that's one visual idea for a painter like the guy who would say, "Okay, uh, look at this photograph. Uh, if I paint with color, I will explore color in the most momentous way, in the most unpredictable way, uh, rather than uh, continue painting with browns and whites and yellows." Uh, Because it's a little too similar to to a photograph. So you you see greens, purples, and whatnot, like lessons of impressionism. Uh, So that's one influence of photography. And the completely opposite influence of photography is that, okay, if, if this interesting object, like a daguerreotype or an early photograph, if this is so exciting visually, why not make a black and white work of art by myself? Okay, so that's one example. Another example is, let's say, those. Um, washed-out shadows or washed-out lights that uh, one can see in uh, photographs, the guy was responding to that too, and, he, and, and mm. I think that uh, moved him into um, uh more courageous
0: experimentation with uh, tonal minimalism. Mm. Fascinating. Okay, very interesting. So, we were sketching out a picture here where an introduction of a technology that seems to threaten the field of painting uh, in the most optimistic uh, future that we can expect, perhaps what it will do is it will take over some parts of the craft, uh, which we will, perhaps some of us will emotionally uh, resist and will attempt uh, to guard. But whether or not we we succeed, what it will do for the rest of us who are trying to be culturally relevant, we will say, okay, this territory, we shall cede. We are ceding this territory to this technology. And instead, we will focus on what the technology cannot yet take from us. And and that way, our practice gets uh, more and more focused on the things that are most human about it, because uh, it is not it is currently out of the reach of the robots what would you say are those things in painting if those let's let's give the the ai the most charitable interpretation and say we have mm-hmm. an ai that that doesn't doesn't fail as miserably as it does today but rather produces fine looking images uh, mm-hmm. what kind of territory can we expect to guard successfully mm-hmm. okay I'll,
1: uh this is a re- this is a very complicated question which I'm prepared to talk for a while about but I would first like to summarize in a very short phrase what we've said so far mm-hmm. uh, um, to uh in my opinion uh technology can be seen uh as an enemy mm. I'm not saying that it is but it can be seen as one so there is an active confrontation or let's let's put it metaphorical warfare between a a painter with a paintbrush and whatever technology there is on the horizon. Uh, So technology as our our metaphoric enemy does two things at the same time. It makes us discover who we really are because we confront something threatening and uh, we rediscover our sphere, our true sphere of influence. That's one thing. On another hand, we also learn stuff from the enemy, which happens in warfare all the time. Okay, So, so, so uh, it's, it's uh, it, there are at least two types of relationships between um, a painter who is true to his materials and whatever technology there is uh, in front of us on the horizon or in the marketplace. Uh, so if I may, we can proceed to the other uh, part of our conversation uh what can we expect from ai and what could we expect from ourselves uh as painters um to uh uh to safeguard our uniqueness uh is that is that the right way to uh, rephrase your question
0: yeah of course it's essentially okay. what is ai going to take from us and then uh what are we going to keep what are we going to keep um at the moment uh most um
1: AI images I've seen are quite um impressive but uh they are impressive on a rather superficial level to me at least uh when I give these these images a, a slightly longer look it becomes really obvious to me that uh that they're they generated rather than uh crafted or rather than created and uh to be honest uh more often than not uh these are uh painful experiences uh, uh impressive as the ai generated images may be uh they seem quite ugly to me um There is something really displeasing uh, to uh, a painter's eye about the the images we have today. Let's assume, and I'm willing to assume, that uh, these images will perfect themselves. The uh, software will perfect itself, and uh, they will become more and more sophisticated. And I can even assume that they will be printed on uh, fancy 3D papers, that mimic textures of uh, oil painting. Uh, let's we can assume all these things that uh, images get better. They can be uh, cre- uh, reproduced on three D printers or uh, whichever fancy uh, paper or canvas there is. What do we have left for us? Um, I believe that the answer to that question uh, lies. Or can be discovered in a more fundamental question: What is painting? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. We 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 don't necessarily have to reinvent ourselves ourselves artificially and superficially in order to make something that gives a fair fight to uh, this AI stuff. We will lose. Whatever we do, AI will do faster. Uh, so I, I would focus on the question of what is painting, and uh, in the English language, uh, painting is a fascinating word to me because uh, it's uh, it can be interpreted as a as a noun like a thing on a wall uh, like the uh, what you see behind my uh, face or what I see in your studio, um, <clears throat> uh, but at the same time, painting is a verb. Which implies that uh, painting is not only product; it's a process. And uh, I would further say that unless the product is not a re- I- uh, if the product is not a result of a process, it's not. Ne- uh, it's probably not a painting. In other mm-hmm. words, something that is made with oil paints on canvas is not necessarily a painting what makes this object uh, which uh, which includes paints colors and a ca- and and the texture of a canvas into a painting is the process behind uh, um, behind this thing that we see in front of us mm-hmm. uh the process can be very quick like and I'm not talking about AI levels I'm talking about minutes not seconds uh it can be. Very protracted uh, painting can be made over many years, uh, but in either case, uh, a, pain, a painting, the thing that is painted, goes through stages of creation and the progression from one stage of creation uh, to another. And if you don't like the word creation, you can simply say process. Okay, this is what animates. The object.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. This is what makes the flat, colorful thing into a painting. The hmm. unity of a process and a product.
0: Okay. I love what you said so much. And though I am I am uh, haunted by the thought that somebody listening may have not understood it. So what do you mean when you say Animate.
1: Mhm. Uh it's to me it's very simple. Um it's it's all about making one want to paint and mm-hmm. making one want to look at a painting. Um so uh I'll 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 explain it in a different way. Uh <clears throat> few of us become professional painters. But virtually all of us have done something creative as children. Okay, you you uh, you give uh, pencils or pastels or markers to children in a the kindergarten. They will do stuff with. It. They will they and and they and most of them will be really excited about it. Okay, um, so there is something really deep within us that makes us want to engage in this mysterious process. Of making something out of nothing. Okay, uh, so for painters, when if we choose to become painters, we wish to be engaged by, by the process. Mm. Okay, so this the the process animates our practice and animates the product, because if we were not excited about the process itself, uh i I don't know how many
0: paintings there, uh, there would be way fewer paintings in this world makes perfect okay. sense. i'm just gonna i'm gonna give my two cents here, even though it's gonna sound very rudimentary, but uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna make an attempt here. Uh, I think embedded in in your description is this thought of being confronted by some uh, some image that has a psychological and emotional hold on us, and immediately I would think. The question that pops into anybody looking at it is, how did they do that? And of course, this is a very basic question. But the question, but but or or how did they do that? Why did they do that? Who did that? All these questions are the questions that um, kind of magnetize us and and invites us to look closer and to inquire into how these objects were made. Who made them it's not a coincidence that there are plaques in museums that tell us this was made by mm-hmm. this guy it was mm-hmm. in this year it was in response to that so our the actual experience of uh consuming works of art and, and enjoying them and appreciating them has to do with asking questions about the process and and um and enjoying the answers or contemplating the answers
1: uh let, let let me talk about the consumer side, mm-hmm. which to me is really important because I'm yes. first and foremost a consumer of um art. Now, I'm not necessarily a collector, although I may be uh may may, may be in that role too, but I'm first I, I, I'm a museum goer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and uh whoever comes to a museum is immediately my friend, my relative, so to speak. Okay, and uh, and it doesn't matter whether that hypothetical person paints, whether he or she, they, they know something about art, they know nothing about art, we're a family. Okay, now, in this broad family, there are really strange convictions. Okay, a reproduction is less valuable than the original. I, it shows the same boat.
0: <laughs> okay. uh,
1: if, uh, like if you look at the reproduction of a Monet it's the same damn water lily but why do you pay 100 millions for a Monet okay uh, a, uh, a work in the style of is far l- less valuable than the work by so, so so followers of Monet are far less valuable than uh, a painting by uh, the master himself Um the uh, the there the are really really harsh uh arguments with disastrous economic consequences, or let's let's put it, huge economic consequences whether this or that painting was paint, painted by uh Rembrandt or by the follower of Rembrandt. Okay, why would we care? Why would we care? Of course, there are uh, there are purely economic market forces. Uh, But uh, there is also something really, really, really deep uh, uh, beneath the superficial numbers with many, many zeros or way fewer zeros. Uh, What do we really mean? What do we imply uh, by the conviction that a reproduction or a work of an assistant or a follower is less valuable than the work of a master? A work of a master is a product of a unique process of discovery. Rembrandt or Monet or Leonardo da Vinci, whoever, okay, they are not only brand names. These are individuals who discovered certain things in the process of painting and in the course of their uh, artistic development. Um, A work by, let's say, a follower of, maybe, sometimes it can be superficially indistinguishable from a Rembrandt, unless you do x-rays and unless you study the subject on a really, really, really deep level. Uh, But there is something absent there. The process of discovery behind the work of the master. So so this is another answer to the fundamental question of what do I mean by uh, painting being animated by something, okay? Mm-hmm. Right, animated by the process. So an extreme um, example is looking at a real painting in the museum as opposed to uh, looking at a uh, reproduction in, in the museum shop. It's not the same thing. Even even if your if your eye is not trained enough to distinguish a print from the, from from uh, oil oils on canvas, <laughs>
0: um,
1: so so we we have this uh, subconscious veneration of the original, uh, which uh, also uh, translates into absurd prices. But that's not the subject of our talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so we have process animating. Animating the painting, as as you say, and being at the core of what it means to produce works of art. Uh, and at this point, I cut you off, but you were you were going to continue. Yeah. Uh, uh, so so go- going back to AI,
1: um, there is AI images are generated. They are not created. Okay. There may be human creativity involved. I'm not. I I don't know to what extent, but there may be a tremendous amount of human creativity involved. Uh, Beneath uh, AI-generated imagery, but these images are generated. They are not crafted. They are not created. The process is absent. Uh, first and foremost, no matter how advanced AI becomes, uh, many people will still want to paint. Okay, and 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 uh, even the, if the paintings never sell, people will still want to paint. Most mm. people who uh, most painters I know. Are not are not painting in order to sell the paintings. They're painting in order to experience the process. Mm-hmm. So the process is our own. It's not threatened by uh, whatever the computer does
0: for us. Oh, I love this so much. I think this this really hits the nail on the head. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer perhaps a silly example for people to understand. I believe today it would be very easy to produce a robot that can uh put the basketball in the basket 100% of the time from any point on the basketball field but i don't think it's going to make any anybody want to play basketball any less the fact that there are robots who can put the basketball in the basket does not make uh the process of playing basketball uh less desirable
1: yeah yeah because uh, it's 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 perfectly right
0: painting is a play exactly we're we're playing with paint this is why we love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. I mean, when I when I go to a museum and I I admire paintings, it it feels like watching high level sports. Like this is exactly that the the finished product of the painting, and 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 looking at it is the experience of of really watching a game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one may ask, why would other people care?
1: like uh okay, uh these strange guys and girls wanna mess around with these with this dirty stuff. what do I care you know uh AI imagery is cheaper uh faster, more effective you know why bother what do what, what, what um what do i have uh, viewers may have nothing to do with painters because there is so much stuff that is available without our meager contribution to the world of images okay mm-hmm. so um that's that's really the next question um and uh there are two uh, i have i have a few answers some are quite pessimistic and some are really exciting to me let's start with
0: the pessimistic
1: yeah, yeah, sure, sure. The uh, pessimistic answers uh, is uh, that sometimes some types of painting will lose uh, demand altogether. So paintings that go in the direction of illustration um, uh, will will be rather unnecessary. So let let's say if you if you want to make up uh, an exciting poster to advertise the podcast you can do it with uh, with AI very efficiently uh, you know you type in like uh, painter competing uh, with a computer <laughs> and you get whatever image I, I, image AI generates I bet it will be quite colorful um, and that's it and you don't and you, and you don't even have to bother with Photoshop uh, generating the whatever poster you want to make Um, I, um Fantasy novel illustrations. Who will bother spending hours on that? Okay, uh, AI will do it way faster. I don't know better. I don't know. Definitely more efficient. Um, so, so uh, that's the more uh, pessimistic answer. There, um, uh, since 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 I'm not an illustrator by profession, I'm not so sad about this part of the story, what makes me uh, really worried is that uh, the new technology will contribute more and more to the suffocating world uh, of images. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: uh, the more images there are, the harder it will be uh, to educate gallery goers and museum goers to distinguish between uh the the crafted, the created and the generated mm. um now and uh the uh going go, going uh, moving on toward towards the more optimistic um part of my prognostication is the that there truly is a difference between the created and the generated. What is the difference uh if we may um figure it out together? At the moment, we can um, look at AI imagery as sophisticated collages created, generated out of a vast library of images. Okay, Um, as painters. We kind of do the same thing most of the time, okay? Uh, when we, let's say we go out into the landscape, let's go, go uh, doing the most traditional thing, like we we take our French easel and paint a forest or a desert, whatever, or a cityscape. Uh, are we really creating our own work? To a limited extent, yes, but only to a limited extent because we have a bunch of painters instructing us. We are not only responding to what we see, we are responding to the art historical library that we have in our memory. Uh, We are always uh, influenced, or almost always, by whoever painted before us. So in this way, we, we, we draw ideas from the same library of images, except that the library of AI may be vaster than our own. Okay? However, um, there are moments of individual unpremeditated response to experience. When one makes a landscape painting, or a still life painting, or a portrait, or an abstract work of art, we respond, on occasions, we respond to our unique subjective experience, okay? And out of that may be created something that did not exist in the library that we may, that we've inherited. And I'll give a very, very well-known example, going back to Impressionism and uh, Claude Monet. Um, When you, you know, make up some input uh, and ask whatever AI program to generate a landscape of whatever, okay, there is a fair amount of likelihood that the landscape that AI generates will have some blue and or purple shadows. This is only po- made, this was only made possible by Impressionism. Without Impressionism, AI would not have access to this branch of the library with this range of visual possibilities. Identity out that at the moment, or maybe even later in the future, AI will be able to offer completely unpredictable creative solutions to visual uh, requests. And even if it does so, um, it will be a response to that same library of images. Okay. As humans, we can make up, we can, mm, let's say, produce, we can be inspired and uh, uh, make those unpremeditated responses happen, which did not exist in the limitless library of options that preceded us. Mm.
0: Does that make sense? It makes total sense uh if i if i were to venture to summarize it both painters and ai rely to some extent on a library or an archive of visual uh representations visual uh, uh, imagery that was produced before us but what you're positing is that perhaps the ai leans on it more or m- leans on it in a more restrictive way such that uh, essentially a future that is saturated with AI images is a future in which all visual production is uh self-referential but also there's something on the tip of my tongue all visual representations are um derivatives it's a world of yes. deriva- it's a world of absolutely. derivatives and absolutely and derivatives don't taste good. <laughs> you don't like yes, the flavor. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, now, uh, what do we mean by not tasting good? Why, again, why bother? Why would a museum goer care whether the painting was made by uh, yourself or another uh, artist with a paintbrush or an artist with a unique mind? In a unique and div- a unique personal experience, rather than a fancy computer. Okay, why care? Let's go back to Monet. He gave. He can give us all the answers. Uh, impressionism, in, in general, and specifically Monet, by discovering unprecedented responses to personal experience of reality made us see reality in a novel way. Okay. Uh we the way we see landscapes was made possible by impressionist painters. Mm-hmm. Okay. We could still live in the world of Baroque and Rococo and neoclassical painting. Where uh and uh, with AI on the scene uh AI would keep could keep making collages of these Baroque or neoclassical images. But uh, it is the individuality and the, you know, I hate this word, but it's irreplaceable the inspiration of the individual artist, which creates unprecedented responses to human experience.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So uh, AI can create any image. But does it expand the range of our experience? In my opinion, maybe, but less so. uh, but 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 painting does it
0: better?: I agree 100 mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's almost like saying AI can produce in the in the most charitable interpretation of, of how the technology is going to evolve, can produce more paintings or more images of of uh, in, of impressive characteristics but it is not likely to be able to produce uh, visions that are new new ways of looking at an apple it's new ways of looking at a pepper a new way of looking at a landscape because it is limited uh to uh to source material that is by definition already in existence so it, exactly. it poses a massive exactly. danger which is essentially the complete stagnation of visual culture. Visual culture will look backwards to produce more of that background, uh, of that um, backward available material. Make this look like Monet. Make this look like Corbet, Make this look like Greg Rutkowski. Anybody, right? But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can't really tell an AI, or at least it's hard to imagine that you will be able to uh, tell an AI, paint this apple in a way that's never been painted before. That's a tough ask. Exactly. Exactly,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, it can uh, again AI may make a collage of styles, but what value does it have? Okay, what is the value of newness in painting, if there is one? Uh, and again, the, val- the there is a value in my opinion, and it's a, and it's twofold. There is a value for the painter, and there is a v- value for the um, observer. Okay, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have to speak uh, on your behalf. It's the it's the most exciting uh, process there is, perhaps, making a painting, um, messing around with the this nasty, colorful, sticky stuff on the palette. <laughs> um, uh, there, there is something really sensuous about that, um, um, and for. Uh but, but it's 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 more than a sensual experience. It's 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 an experiential experience. And what do I mean by that? We discover stuff as we paint. If we paint an apple, we discover stuff about the apple, we discover stuff about how we see the apple, and we discover stuff about ourselves mm-hmm. as we okay. paint the apple and attempt to see it in a certain way uh unprecedented way at least unprecedented for us even if this the product looks exactly like uh uh a Dutch an old Dutch still life we we went through the most exciting human process of self-discovery okay if we manage and we don't always manage but if we do to uh discover something within an apple which was not discovered before, or if we manage to discover something about our painting materials which was not discovered uh, before, uh, this is a certain modest contribution to to the world of human experiences.
0: Yeah, I, I would say so. And I would say not only that, if we manage to discover something about an apple that hasn't been discovered before, or if we manage to discover something about the painting materials that haven't been discovered before, or even something about ourselves that haven't been discovered before, one, it is reasonable to assume that some part of this discovery will be embedded in paint and that it will be to some extent communicated to the observer, felt by the observer. Uh, Absolutely. and, and, and I think this is what Separates an exciting painting from a boring one is the process of uh, experiencing the discovery while observing the painting. If somebody makes a painting that is just full of discoveries, this is, in in my opinion, communicated to us, the observers, and and this this perhaps is a great moment to articulate the sheer dread that I feel about a world. 10 years from now or, or, or so, where we are just surrounded by commercial imagery that is just made by AI. And I think it can, it can replace more than illustration. If, if an actor, uh, gives permission for an AI to create an advertisement of an actor holding a Coke bottle, why would the actor even have to sit on the scene? Right. It could just be Michael Jordan, age 24, holding a Coke <laughs> bottle saying just do it with nike shoes whatever like all this stuff can be can be produced by robots and i just dread the aesthetic experience of living in that world being bombarded by these images that are so deeply lacking in discovery and originality
1: uh, um, yeah that's uh, that's definitely the uh, terrifying part of the story um, and we don't know where it takes us um I on a more positive note um I uh, I assume that AI can be easily used as a as an effective tool for painters so awesome. um let's say if uh if we know a thing or two about painting um and uh we let's say we are looking for some source material to make a painting. We don't even have to uh spend hours uh on google on a google search. We can generate the source material using a i to me that's good news mm. uh the uh, but but how well educated the general population will be to distinguish between uh imagery which offers human experience by uh being a result of a human process and uh whether uh the, the general population um will be able will will think well it's 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 ai does the same thing exactly and it and it doesn't hmm. um how can we test that so i'll i give a proposition to uh, to our listeners uh you can um Think of whatever painting you like from art history. You know, it doesn't have to be the greatest masterpiece, and uh, ideally, it would be a painting that you have access to in a gallery or a museum. And um, let's say you, you 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 look at this work of art. Uh, after a few weeks, you can ask yourself, uh, "Well, do, do I want to look at it again?" Okay, uh, and uh, try uh, to do the same thing with the most Impressive uh, image generated by AI. Give it a time. Look at it for three, five, ten, fifteen minutes. And in two weeks' time, or after a month, ask yourselves: Do you want to look at it again? And uh, if the uh, and you can repeat this experience, I think that uh, a lot of answers can be
0: hidden within this experiment. Mm uh so there's there's this image that's been going around the web of uh an a i generated image that has been awarded uh it won some competition the person mm-hmm. uh applied to the competition with this a i art and then it just made the rounds and it was posted all over everything mm-hmm. and i i uh i did find myself wanting to go back and and look at that image but not because it Produced any kind of enjoyable, uh, experience in me, just, uh, sheer dread and curiosity. And yeah. I, I, f- I found myself wanting to go back and examine every pixel of this darn thing. Uh, mm-hmm. so perhaps, uh, we can, we can sharpen the example by offering some, uh, emotional prerequisites, because I think, I think uh, anybody who's curious enough wants to go back to looking at, uh, interesting images, whether it be for enjoyable reasons or, uh, to contemplate the uh, the death of culture uh,
1: i'm I'm talking about uh, the most basic enjoyment mm-hmm. um, provided that uh, you and i'm I'm talking to our listeners, provided that you uh, enjoy looking at painting, you can choose whatever painting you like and ask yourselves whether you wish to look at it again to re-experience uh, the enjoyment you had before or maybe even to uh, draw a new kind of uh, excitement out of the meeting with the uh, piece that you've seen before in your life? Um, And uh, will uh, AI art offer the same opportunity? How many times would you want to go back to uh, the AI image, whether it's viral or not, uh, just for the sheer pleasure of looking at it? I assume that uh, the, um, the the uh, different people will um, produce different results. Like, and different images will produce different results. Um, and um, I would invite everyone to to uh, to repeat this experiment again and again. How many times will the painting hold your attention? And how many and for how long and over how many times will AI generated imagery uh, hold your attention and offer? some measure of uh, pleasure. Uh there are some um, I've seen some AI generated stuff that uh, looks very exciting on first gaze. Mm. Um it looks impressive. Um the the question what does it offer and beyond an immediate excitement and uh, this is tested by uh, time and I don't mean uh Minutes, days, or hours, I mean repeated repeated experiences, repeated attempts to uh, face and to communicate with these uh, with these uh, images and mm. uh, test whether they communicate back to us. I see. Um, by the way, by the way, this is uh, it's no different with traditional uh, there's no difference uh, in traditional painting. Uh, to me, not every <laughs> painting is exciting, far from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a tremendous, most paintings I look at, I do not need to see again. And that's fine. Um, um, how how do I distinguish between um, a great painting and paint on canvas, whether it looks like something or not? Same question. Am I drawn back to it again and again and again? Mm. And if we go deeper, we can answer one uh, we can we can um, ask ourselves one more thing. Are we seeing the same thing each time we look at it? Mm. okay so so there there are some paintings in this world that offer me in you um, representation of reality and in your representation of myself each time I encounter these works.
0: Oh, I think that's so profound. And I would like to add a layer to that where some paintings, the best paintings, even if when you look at it for the 50th time, even if you don't discover anything new that you haven't seen before, you are drawn to look again because you believe if you look hard enough, you'll find it. So there are are Mm -hmm. some paintings in the Met Where I am just, I just wake up feeling I have to see that Rembrandt again because I know if I just spend 20 more minutes with it, I'm going to understand something new. And sometimes I don't, but that faith is ever present and it's going to draw me to that painting again and again uh, because it produces the hope, the hope that if I stand there long enough, I, I may be able to drink all that there is in there to drink, but the fountain never runs dry. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm I'm uh, envious that you have this opportunity. I don't go and I, I don't get to uh, go to the Met every weekend. And uh, if I did, I uh, if I had this opportunity, I would. There, there. Are, um, in my student years, I've been to the Met uh, dozens of times. I would say, uh, which uh, is far less than I would desire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, but uh, there are paintings I uh, seem to know intimately in this great museum uh, nevertheless i wish i could see them in, again and again i would be uh, I, w- I i each time i see them i would become
0: a better painter at the very least i want to go back to something that uh, i feel like we kind of breezed over and i mm-hmm. i think it's it's important that we drill down deeper on it so when we when we defined the territory that we expect to to seed uh, we mentioned the field of illustration and we said it's it's likely that uh due to market forces illustration uh is going to be cheaper and faster to produce uh via these uh new technologies but perhaps for people listening right now who don't understand the difference what do you mean illustration and painting what what how, how are we going to make that uh, distinction uh, comprehensible for people who don't understand what we mean.
1: Uh, how how to distinguish between illustration and painting? That's right. Okay. Um, I, I it's I can only propose an answer. I cannot impose an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, um, painting can offer images, or it may not offer images. Painting can be more representational or less so. OK, let's say we are, are looking at um, illustration, which with figures, OK, and we'll look at the painting with figures. So we'll we let, let's start by bringing a painting and an illustration more or less to a common stylistic level or to a common stylistic ground and examine the difference. Uh, in illustration, uh, the image. Um, is more important than the process and the end the material while in painting the image is secondary while the process and the material are more important
0: that's it mm-hmm. that. mm-hmm. yeah that's that's interesting so we reached a we reached a similar thought on that so yeah i would say that illustration involves itself with process in order to produce an image while painting involves itself with an image in order to explore a process
1: uh yeah yeah uh and and uh and um a painter no matter how illustrative the painting may look uh m- must be excited about the materials to really be a painter i think mm. that that's that's my that's my personal definition well it's one of my personal definitions of painting uh it's it, it's not a question of whether you Use paintbrushes or not? It's not a question of whether whether you use oils or acrylics, mm-hmm. um, because in my way of thinking, non painters can use the same material. The question is what kind of relationship do you have with the material? If the relationship is meaningful, if the relationship is intimate, then uh, you're a painter, and I don't even care how the product looks in the end, how how the painting will uh, will appear to us. Um, and uh, if it may be uh, like if if if, it, if if the painting may represents the same heroes and dragons that you see in whatever illustration to whatever fantasy novel, okay, so you 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 got a painting with heroes and dragons. Oh, by the way, in, uh, I I don't go to the Met, but recently I went. Uh, I I traveled to Venice I mostly looked at Tintoretto and I've seen one of the most incredible dragons. it's it's like uh, re- really illustrative but wow that that was unbelievable so, so here's an example a true painter painting re- painting re- ridiculous stuff
0: <laughs> yeah I wonder if uh I wonder if we if we may be so bold as to um How to even phrase this? So let's imagine that some people listening to us right now are young, creative people who are currently enrolled in uh, one art university or another, and they have been thinking about going into the field of illustration or, or concept art. That's what they love. What kind of advice might we offer these people? Uh, given the current situation?
1: Well, um, I, I don't want uh, to uh, sound like an old fart, but I will. Um, uh, excuse, please uh, excuse my French. Um, look at painting. Look at traditional painting. Look at good old stuff that was tested by time. Um, uh, try to also go beyond the brand names. Yes, Leonardo da Vinci is great. Rembrandt is great great uh seek more go to museums uh go to if you happen to be in new york you have a great privilege if you uh if you uh, live in a small town with no world-class museums travel to see that stuff go to whatever uh big city there is nearby with a major museum in it uh look at paintings and the more painting you see, the better. Uh, and um, the more different s- stylistic sources you explore, you explore and expose yourself to yourselves to the better. Mm. Um, like uh, you can look at medieval stuff, you can look at Byzantine stuff, you can look at uh, impressionism, you can look at modernism, you can look at uh, Japanese art. Uh, everything. The more, the better um uh look at time tested stuff that was crafted that was created
0: rather than generated Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely can uh, get behind that advice Ilya, is there anything that we've left on the table here that uh you'd like to still touch
1: yeah i can only summarize
0: uh and
1: uh and uh uh you know uh being neither pessimistic nor optimistic in an attempt to be realistic, I would say that, frankly, that not all painting is great, Uh, but uh, at its best, painting offers revelations. Um, You can experience Revelations as you paint, and you can, can experience profound revelations as you look at paintings. And uh, frankly, I, I, I do believe that it's irreplaceable. Um, um, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, as uh, I would honor other arts just as much. Um, I happen to know far less about the other arts, like music or uh, or theater. Perhaps um, uh, I'm sure I'm sure that uh, other art forms may offer the same experience, uh, not not the same experience as the same level of experience, uh, but uh, the uh, opportunity for revelation that um, painting offers is profound. And the type of revelation, the taste of revelation that painting offers, is truly
0: unique. I agree. All right, Ilya, this was wonderful. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps you can you can tell our listeners where they can find out more about you, and maybe maybe say a word about this uh, these recent lectures that you've been doing, uh, which I find oh, yeah. very yeah. fun and valuable.
1: Um, so, I have an art school in Tel Aviv. If you happen to be in Israel, you are more than welcome to uh, stop by and uh, take some classes. Um, you can uh, look me on the web, i l y a g e f t e r I-L-Y-A-G-E-F-T-E-R.com. That's my uh, website. You can see some of my paintings there and um i have a youtube channel which i will attempt to make a little bit more uh active uh, i'll um i've committed to making a series of uh, monthly lectures about uh, the visual arts uh for now the lectures are in hebrew so i apologize to the vast uh number of listeners who are not speaking that uh Obscure language, but if you do, <laughs> welcome to enjoy, enjoy my uh, YouTube uh, channel, and uh, I do uh, attempt to uh,
0: uh, to add some content in English once in a while. The links to all those things can be found in the show notes, so I will I'll plug everything there, as well as Ilya's Instagram that everybody should be following. Ilya, thank you so much for coming on the show. Ken, thank you,
1: Ken. Great to see you. I hope to uh, see you in real life before
0: we become digital versions of ourselves. Thank you for joining me. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to see it grow, please take a moment to subscribe, rate it highly, and share it with a friend. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show and have access to exclusive content, please consider signing up as a patron at patreon.com slash kengoshen. For online lessons, please visit kengoshen.com slash lessons. Thanks again, and see you next time.